On Sunday, we were studying together in Ephesians chapter 6. And there, beginning at verse 10, we read, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then in verse 13, we read, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, you've got to connect that wiles and evil day to be able to see what's going on. It's the times when we are being attacked and having done all to stand. For you young people, the word wiles is not something that we, that we think a lot about unless maybe you're watching the Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote. That's probably the, the, term, the term maybe you've ever heard of wiles or wily. The idea here though is talking about the methods, the tricks of the devil. So when you hear the word wile, I want you to think about the word, the tricks of the devil. And knowing your equipment and not understanding why you need the equipment leads Christians to be careless and in danger. So we're reading on Sundays about put on the whole armor of God. And maybe you've even seen a flannel graph. Maybe you have seen pictures of a soldier in armor. And you look at that and you say, I know what armor is. But if we don't understand why God says you have to make sure you wear all the armor, then you miss the point. And you young people don't feel bad because you know what? Sometimes we as adults have the same problem. We sometimes know, oh yeah, I know all about the armor of God. But why do you need to wear that armor? What is the methods? What are the wiles of the devil? It was October of 2017 that the 11-member Green Beret unit known as Operation Detachment Alpha Team 3212 departed from their base in um, Wallam, Niger for a mission near the town of Taloa. It was accompanied by a unit of 30 Nigerians. And their goal was they were hunting a key member of the Islamic State thought to have who they thought had kidnapped an American. When they got to this little village, they realized that the man had already left. And so this group turned around, and as they were heading home, they stopped for water at a little village named Tanga Tanga. And right as they left the village at about 11.40 in the morning, they were attacked by a hundred um, militants Four Americans were killed. Two more were wounded, as, long, as well as three Nigerians were wounded. Now, I tell you that story because later, about six months later, they did the investigation and they presented their findings. And the investigation found that this 11-member team had not undergone crucial training as a unit before it was deployed. And that was mainly because they'd had a lot of personnel turnover. They also found that they had not been given proper vehicles. They went out in SUVs that were unarmored. They also found that the team captain had reported to his superior before they left that his team did not have the equipment nor the intel, the information they needed necessary to carry out this mission. 
Sadly, the report also said that they didn't realize how dangerous the situation was they were walking into. You know, unless you know your enemy, you will be surprised and hurt. Now, as we've been studying Ephesians chapter 6, what we've been finding is, is that throughout all the book of Ephesians, he told us all the equipment that we have. He gave us all the doctrine that we needed. And then he began saying, here's how all this applies to you. But now he comes to the very end and he says, you need to make sure you go out in God's strength. You need to go out with God's armor. But then he says, you're responsible to put it on. And I find often in my life and as I've worked with people in churches for well over 35 years now, I find often we as Christians know we have the armor, but we don't understand why we need to wear that armor. And because we don't understand why we wear the armor, we don't think anything about it. And we are getting hurt all the time. So in this little sheet that you have, I hope if you get a chance, just go through. All I ask you to do basically is go through, look up the scriptures, and just see what the scriptures say. Because it's so important that we get to know our enemy. We're going to be looking at some people in the scripture who had a direct confrontation with Satan. And from their experiences, each time we study something, I'm going to point out several different facts. I'm going to point out the target that Satan aims at in your life. Satan is just not random shooting at us. And once you begin to realize that, it really makes a big difference. Satan is specifically targeting you. He's going to target specific places in your life. We're going to talk about the weapons that Satan uses. And we're going to talk about what his goal is. What is his purpose? What does he want to do when he attacks us? Now, I'm going to... I, I was going to spend some time... In, in beginning this, looking at what do we know about Satan. But since it's on your Bible study sheet, I'm going to skip over that part. We know some very specific things about him. We know the scriptures say he's a murderer. We know scripture says he had the truth and chose not to keep in the truth, not to abide in the truth. He currently does not operate on truth. So if you try to have a conversation with someone and they don't operate on truth, it's a very frustrating conversation because no matter what you say, you can't connect with them because they're not operating on truth. They can say whatever they want. He intentionally is going to tell lies. We're going to find out. He is the deceiver of the whole world. And he is against Christ. He's very tricky. For you children, you need to understand something. One, you need to respect the fact that Satan is powerful. You also need to respect the fact that greater is he that is in you. If you've received Christ as your Savior, greater is the one that's in you than he that is in the world. Talking about Satan. Now that we just quickly skimmed over that. Tonight our focus is going to be on one of the key wiles of the devil. And that is... Satan wants you to be ignorant of God's will. Satan wants you to be ignorant of God's 
will. Now our key verses for tonight are found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and then we will also be in Genesis chapter 3. So if you turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, we read, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So first of all tonight, let's look at Satan's target. What does Satan target in your life? And the answer to that is he targets your mind. It's very specific. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3 together. And in Genesis chapter 3, we look at how Satan targets your mind. In the handout, you will find on page 3, this section. You know, when Satan wanted to lead the first man and first woman into sin, what did he first attack? He attacked their mind. He attacked their thought process. You see, Satan wants to lead us away from what we have. Think about that for just a moment. We have God's Word. Satan wants to lead us away from God's Word. Satan doesn't want God's Word for himself. He's trying to steal it from us. But why does Satan try to steal God's Word? Think about that for a moment. He's not going to use it. He doesn't want it. So why does he lead us away from God's Word then? Not out of need but out of meanness and spite. Satan wants to hurt you. Now the world is promoting stuff. The world, when I talk about the world, I'm talking about the way unsaved people think. I'm talking about the system that Satan is in control of. And what I want you to think about is Satan doesn't try to steal God's word because he needs it or wants it. Satan steals God's word out of meanness and spite. A number of years ago, we were driving into the mall, and as you often will see, there was someone waiting for one of those very front spots. And the person had their turn signal on, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited, because whoever was in the car, I don't know if they were like reprogramming their phone or what they were doing, but they were in no hurry. And this person waited and waited and waited. So we drove around, and we parked. And then, as we were walking up, the person backs out, and right as they backed out, two guys in a red car zipped right in that spot. And the lady was furious. Now, in that car, she had an older lady, and she also had a baby. And the lady gets out, and she looks at the two teenage boys and says, didn't you know I was waiting on this spot? And the boys said, yes. And then they laughed and walked inside. It wasn't that they needed a spot because one guy was limping and the other one was in a wheelchair. No, it was the fact they did it for one reason and one reason only, and that was they stole the spot to be mean. What you need to understand, and some of you, when I, so when I said that, your faces kind of went, oh. you need to understand something tonight. Satan wants to hurt you. He is, and he doesn't do it because he needs what you have. It's that he wants to be mean because that's what he is. He is a liar and he's a murderer from the very beginning. 
Now, why does Satan want to lead your mind away from the truth? Because your mind is the part of the image of God where God communicates with you and reveals his will to you. Your mind is the part of the image of God where God communicates with you and reveals his will to you. Listen to these verses. This is Colossians chapter 3. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. See, it's, it's in the mind. Ephesians chapter 4, let's just... Uh, Let me just read it for you since we're in Genesis right now. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him the truth as the truth is in Christ, that ye put off the former conversation, that ye put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, or the one in Romans chapter 12, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God renews our minds by, God renews our lives by renewing our minds, and he renews our minds through his truth. And what does scripture say is the truth? He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. See, Satan wants to steal away what God has said because if Satan can get you to believe a lie, then he can begin to work in your life to lead you to sin. Every sin, behind every sin, is a belief about a lie about God. This is why he attacks our minds. When we're going through difficult times, what happens is we begin to focus on something other than the truth. You see, your mind can store facts and impressions, even emotions, and can recall them later. I not only recall facts, but I can remember the things that were going on. I can remember how I felt the night we got engaged. I can remember these different things. Why? Because your mind is this incredible gift that God has given to you, but your thinking affects your feelings and your willing. So we get together and and we study God's word, but Satan wants to steal that away. He wants us to be distracted. He doesn't want us to pay attention to God's word. He wants you to know how many, you know, how many light bulbs are in this building. He wants you to notice how many, anything other than what did God just say? Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The doctor says, you are what you eat. The psychologist says, you are what you think. 
Satan knows the power of your mind and wants to capture it for his own use. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. All right, so Satan's target is your mind. Behind every sin is a lie about God. Satan's weapon is the lie. It's the great big weapon that Satan uses against us all the time. Notice the steps. We're in Genesis chapter 3. Notice the steps Satan used to get Eve to believe a lie. So we come to verse chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die? For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then shall your eyes be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof, and did eat, and, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now let's look for a moment. What I want you to notice is Satan, as he leads us down a path, Satan will question God's word. Satan wants us to stop and think about is that really the truth? Is this really the way it is? He gave you fruit for food. Remember with Jesus, what did Satan do? Did the same thing. He said, turn these stones into bread. He questions God's word. Then he denied God's word. Adam and Eve have never seen death. They didn't know what death was. All they had to go on was God's word. So if they had not listened to the questioning of God's word, they would have never doubted God's word. But since they listened to the questioning and they listened to him deny God's word, then the next thing he does is he substitutes what God has said for a lie. You see the progression that he's going down? He says, you're going to be like God. Satan's a created being. He's a creature. And notice Eve's response to Satan leading her down this path of questioning God's word, denying God's word, substituting God's word. So Eve tries to defend it, but Eve takes away from God's word. In chapter 2, verse 16, God had said, of all these things you may freely eat. There was no restriction. You see, when we start to question or forget the grace of God and the goodness of God, it's much easier to disobey the will of God. When we begin to question, is God really good? Is God really gracious? Then we begin to say, well, I guess it's okay that I don't do what God's word says because God really isn't a good God. That's the problem that often we run into when we get to the situation where people are going, you better do this because God's going to get you. And we have missed the whole point of God's goodness and God's graciousness. You know, when you know God is good, you want to do what he says because, you know, he's not going to trick you. He's not going to give you a serpent for the fish. He's not going to say, oh, this is really going to be good for you. And then it stings you. 
That's not what God does, but notice what Satan does. Did God really say that? Is this really the way that it is? So she ended up taking away from God's word. Then she ends up adding to God's word. And, you know, the danger of that with Christians. We often want to just say, oh, yeah, and God's word says this, and God's word says this, but it doesn't say those things. And we've set ourselves up for failure. Then she actually changed God's word. She said, lest ye die. And what did God say? Oh, absolutely, you shall surely die. So how did Satan fool Eve? When Eve was walking with God every day, well, he didn't approach Eve in his true nature. He presented himself to be beautiful because Satan is a counterfeiter. Now, for you young people here tonight, let me just remind you of this. No matter what happens, you're going to see things that sometimes you're going to go, wow, this isn't what God's Word says because this is beautiful. But remember this. Satan's a counterfeiter. Satan's a liar. He's going to tell you it's okay to do this. It'll be more fun this way. But the reality is... God's word is the only safe, loving thing that you have. I loved this quote, the will of God is the expression of God's love for us. The will of God is the expression of God's will, of God's love for us. So when we begin to think the will of God is bad, the will of God is hard. Okay, God, I guess I'll be a missionary, but only because I'm a martyr and this is, I have the martyr complex. I don't want to go be a missionary, but okay, God, since you're going to hit me over the head with your baseball bat, I guess I'll go be a missionary. Who tells you those kinds of things? Hmm. Could it be the master liar and deceiver is the one who's saying, oh, God would make you go to a place that's going to be awful and horrible that you'll never enjoy. It's the worst place ever, but I guess i got to do it because it's God. Do you see the lie that even infiltrates into the church? We begin to think, oh, I'm afraid to tell God he can do anything he wants with my life because he'll make me do something that I've never wanted to do. You've believed a lie. God is not going to ask you to do what he doesn't equip you to do and what he will not give you a love to do. And just because you've never experienced doesn't mean that it's not going to be good. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart, of his plans to all generations. You know, God's will comes from his heart. It's a very personal matter. He understands our nature. He understands our name. He understands our needs. And God wants us to know his will. Acts chapter 22 says, And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will. God not only wants us to know his will, God wants us to understand his will. Remember we studied in Ephesians 5 where we read, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. God wants us to understand his will to control us and to fill us, doing the will of God from the heart. God wants his word to so be a part of our fabric that we think that way. If, Christ, if, if Satan can make you ignorant of God's will, he will rob you of all the blessings God has planned for your life. You end up making bad decisions. You get involved in sinful activities. You build the wrong kind of life. You will influence others to go the wrong way. 
Christians who are ignorant of God's will lose the enjoyment of God's peace and power. So what is the defense? God tells us, put on the whole armor of God and we're going to look at that list together. But what is the defense? The inspired word of God. You know, the only thing that devil can't defeat with his lies is God's word. Don't argue with Satan. Remember Christ in Matthew chapter 4? What did he do? He quoted scripture. He didn't toy with Satan. And interestingly enough, you've got to know the scriptures because Satan will misquote the scriptures. That's why it's so important that you know God's word. Satan wants you to feel like, well, I, how can you know God's word? How can you know God's will? Interestingly enough, he says, you need to learn God's word. You learn it. You, you think about it, which is the word meditate. You heard that word? Well, that means to think about it. How sweet are thy words to my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. God's word should be good to us. If you don't understand God's word, then you need to find how can you understand it. It may be that you're having a hard time with the translation you're reading. It's okay to read other translations and you can compare them and see. Let me read the next one, Psalm 119. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. I read that and it sounds beautiful, but I have no idea what that just said. How do you prevent the dawning of the morning? How do you prevent the night watches? In our language today, prevent means to keep or to stop. Listen to this translation. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm getting up early. I'm staying up later. Even though the night has come, I want to know your word. Well, I can understand that. Sometimes I have grown up with this. I love this translation. But words that used to mean something change because English is a living language. And sometimes you have to stop and you have to back up and say, what does this mean? What did it mean then? And what does it mean now? So that we can generally get what's being said. The reality is Satan doesn't want you to understand God's word. Psalm 119.14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. So how do, we, how do we protect ourselves? Well, the first thing, to keep from being ignorant of God's will, we need to use God's word. Interestingly enough, Jesus said, I'll bring all things to, he will, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to bring all things to remembrance. But you know what? You have to put it there. We have no promise in the scripture that God is going to just supernaturally cause you to know God's word. He says, study my word. So the Bible challenge for tonight is this. Faith cannot operate efficiency, efficiently without the truth. So how committed are we to reading God's word every day? It's so easy to become distracted. It's so easy to say, God's word is right. I need to be in it. And yet, 
we don't do it. We get distracted. We get busy. My challenge to you tonight is, as we're studying this armor and we begin talking about this this coming Sunday, you need to be aware Satan's goal for you is to make you ignorant of God's will. And you can't know God's will without knowing God's word. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 